craving some great 80s music. Play Virgin Radio 80s Plus. On DAB Digital Radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, and at virginradio80splus.co.uk. I got my mindset. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. 80s. Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Welcome to the show. Vassos is here. Aloha. And Sinead's here. Hello. And coming up, Ben Miller's going to be here. Tell us about Ben Miller. Vassos. Ben Miller is a comedian and he's an actor and he's a director. And most of all, in my nine-year-old Mary's life, he is her favourite children's author. This is his eighth book. His eighth book is called Once Upon a Legend. And she read it in one sitting yesterday morning and was gutted when she finished it because she thought, oh no, that's the new Ben Miller book. And I've just finished it. So I've, I've got to have to wait for his next one before I can read that. She really loves his... He's just got a very clever imagination. Very clever imagination, as have you. Because Vassos pretends to live in Barnes with a lady called Caroline and mm, some children. It's true. I've been to his house on numerous occasions now. A few times there was no reply whatsoever. Um, <laughs> second time... This is over the last 15 years. The second time I went... There was a twitching of curtains. I then looked and he was hiding behind the sofa. So, And this Sunday I thought, okay, this is it. Here we go. I arrived at his house at eight minutes past nine on Sunday morning with coffees, the newspapers and pastries. And young Mary, uh, with the Ben Miller book in her hand, opened the door. Caroline came down, all dressed, ready for church. Noah? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> ready for church because... Um, Young Mary was acolyting yesterday. Yes, was. I know all this because I was there. I was there at eight minutes past nine. I was invited in. We had a coffee together. We exchanged some lovely conversation. We had, we had a great chat. Him, this Herbert, hmm? nowhere to be seen. At eight minutes past nine on a Sunday morning, you clearly don't live there. This is clearly a facade. I've never seen you in your own house. I've known you for 15 years. <laughs> I've been there five times. Eight minutes past nine on Sunday morning. Where the heck were you? I was in the gym breaking my bench press PB, but thank you very much for the decaf macchiato that you brought around. Oh, don't I start had. me on the old decaf macchiato. <laughs> so I went to this lovely local coffee shop that you have. Mm-hmm. Alma. It's brilliant, by it's the lovely, way. It's lovely, Alma. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's one of those places that, that is just full of artisan sort of attention to detail, that kind of thing going on. Talk to the ladies behind the counter. They could not have been nicer. I said, if you've got a tray, um, you know, those wooden things, because there were four and I had to put them on the um, in the floor pan uh, at the car. And they said, yes. And I thought, am I going to get my macchiato? I don't want to get him a decaf macchiato. I don't want to order one of those in my life. But I do like him and it's Sunday and you sort of all bets are off because we're not on the radio, so we don't need to do the pants. So I got myself... A decaf, uh, not a decaf. Oh, see, look, it's catching. I got myself an oat milk flat white. I got his wife an oat milk cappuccino. I got Matthew an oat milk cappuccino. Matthew, I didn't know Emily was at home, so they could share that. I got loads of pastries, and then I did, I did order a decaf macchiato. Now, the only thing more stupid about a decaf macchiato, right, um, <laughs> existing, right, and tasting of nothing and doing nothing for you. Yeah. Have you ever held one? <laughs> It's like, you know those aircraft that are light to the air? It's like, it weighs of minus something because it's so insignificant and pointless. As I, as I picked it up off the counter, my hand went up in the air it, because it caught a thermal. It caught a thermal and I thought, this is never going to come down. This is never going to come down. I'm holding one now. Yeah, what's it like? James just come in with my morning decaf macchiato. It's crazy. 
Christ. You're a crazy guy. So you are. You are. It's a, a little he's shard a crazy of guy. happiness is what he's it is. He's a crazy guy and he doesn't live in Barnes. I don't know whether he's married to Caroline or not. I don't know when they separated, but he clearly wants to keep it away from the press. Um, thank you very much for the panel chocolate, by the way. I enjoyed both of those and those lovely granola bars that you got. I don't believe you ever went back there. I just think, texted, what did he bring round? I'm going to have to pretend that was there. Yeah. Mm. And it was weird, wasn't it, that I texted you to say thank you for the macchiato at like seven o'clock, like eight hours after you left it. There's something going on there. Eight hours? First of all, your mass is way off. And I'll tell you when you did text. Hang yeah. on a second. You texted me last night at... Oh, it doesn't say. No, it does. No, just... What do you um, do? How do you do this? Uh, push it to the left. Push, push the, the text to the left. Push the text to the left? Oh, yeah. You do. Oh, wow. Eight minutes past eight, right? Which is a full 11... Because I got to your house at eight minutes past nine because I checked the... Mm -hmm. So it's a full 11 hours later. Oh, yeah, I'm just looking at my text now. And just had the macchiato, all the better for stewing for 11 hours. See, you could say, wouldn't the macchiato have evaporated by then? Well, <laughs> there's nothing to evaporate, is there? That's the problem. There's nothing there in the first place. Jellyfish have more consistency and presence and substance than a decaf macchiato. And then 98% water. Because do you know how jellyfish die? They evaporate on the beach. That's how they die. That's how all jellyfish die unless they're eaten by something. But I don't know what. I don't know why. I was fine to like conversation. <laughs> I was looking forward to the rest of the day in 29 degrees in the shade. Decaf macchiato. What is the point? Hey, listen, we've got to get on with this. Life of ours. It'll be over before we know it. Matt in Abbeydale, or Abbeydale rather, in Gloucester. I ran the Cheltenham half yesterday and did it in two hours, 16 minutes. My legs are stiff, but I'm feeling good. Nice. Lorraine in Oxford. My since the weekend. Went to Marlow to do part run. Camped there on Friday night. Ended up staying two nights because it's so beautiful there. Wonderful walks and great for the soul. I would like to get, I would like to get, acquire some land in Marlow and get a campsite going. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but I like the idea of it. Yeah, that's nice. A really joyful campsite. Yeah. Near the river. Something. Well, you wouldn't get one near the river. That's, that's the point. I don't think you'd get one. You'd have to be slightly back um, up uh, over the Henley Road in the Chilterns towards the Chilterns. Whoop whoop, says Claire from Canterbury. My since of the weekend was painting the front of my house. It looks amazing. Did you have to ask the neighbours for permission? How is permissive, how, what's the latest permissive news where you live, Vassos? Uh, we're okay. We're not allowed, um, we're not allowed basements on our street anymore. Really? Yeah, it's become a, what's it called, a conservation area. Okay. I'm not sure about conservation because naturally, you know, nature herself develops everything, you know, and I, I the, you know, the whole thing about the turtles, the baby turtles, you know, they're in massive conservation areas now. They've had JCBs and digging them new homes, which, look, I don't want them to perish or be in peril at all. But the point is, that's the way we live. And if you conserve, the, I don't know, I don't know. It's just conservation areas. I'm not quite sure about them. Um, anyhow, we have a point of order. Here we go. Order. 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 Yeah. Order. Order. Felix, what is your point of order? Point of order on the decaf macchiato. Yes, <laughs> here we go. Vasos, I thought you were a vegan. No, I am a vegan. <laughs> I am vegan. I'm not. I'm not uber strict. And here's the thing, right? So, so let me put this in. Um, let me put this in football terms. Yesterday, Manchester United were playing Arsenal, and in the last minute of the match, Manchester United scored what they thought would be the winning goal. Garnacho scored it, and then VAR ruled that he was offside. However, had he cut his fingernails before the match, let, let's say, you know, on Sunday morning he'd woken up and cut his fingernails... Order! Order! He would have been onside. That's how uh, that's how infinitesimally offside he was. And then Arsenal went on to win the game. 
It's the same with the, the amount of milk in my macchiato. It's such a, it's a suspicion of milk. It's like, it's just, it shows, it. You what you do is you show the coffee a cow, right? And that's as much milk as really is in there. And the other thing is, Felix, because you often go and get the coffees, do you really want to have to ask for a decaf oat milk macchiato? I think that might be a step it's too far. You might, you might explode. Oh, I see. So you're, you're, um... <laughs> You're going against the vegan rules for Felix's sake. Mm -hmm. That sounds like an afterthought to me. A bit fingernaily <laughs> itself, if you don't mind me saying. And also, what do you mean a suspicion of milk? It's this a is, tiny it's little not... froth of little... Oh, no, that's not a suspicion of milk. That's milk. A suspicion of milk would be something that looks like milk that isn't milk, like oat milk, for example, <laughs> yeah. which is, in fact, vegan. And, you know, if you say, oh, they've just shown it a cow, where's the cow? There are no cows around here. I don't think... Less, I haven't seen yeah, no, They've cows. got one around the back in prep. That's what they do. That's, that's, how, they, that's how they make the macchiato. Well, that doesn't sound very fair on the cow to <laughs> they me. They should call it macchiato. Oh, he's so pleased with himself. <laughs> it's one of those days, everyone. Buckle up. Interesting, um, you're talking about Man United. I didn't see the game. Watched the highlights of the Liverpool game. Didn't see the Man United game. And you said they had what would have been a win and disallowed an extra time. But Arsenal went on to win 3-1. Yeah, no, it, they thought what they thought would be their winner. In the last minute, Man well, United score, thought they'd it? scored. And then VAR ruled it out. Right. It was one all at the time. Right. And then deep, 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 deep in stoppage time, Declan Rice scored his first goal for Arsenal. 2-1. 2-1, and then as Manchester United pushed for an equaliser, because you know you've got like 10, 11 minutes of extra time at mm. the end of every football game now. Um, I love then that, uh, it was Gabriel Jesus who scored a lovely third goal for Jesus. Arsenal, and that's how it went. <laughs> Very good. By the way, yes. um, on Friday was transfer deadline day, and my favourite my favourite bit of business, my favorite, well, it didn't happen, but my favourite bid was from the Saudis to Liverpool to try and sign Mo Salah. Now, this is what they basically said. Um, we'd like to buy Mo Salah, please. Um, and here's a bid of £150 million. But if you say no to that, we'll, uh, we'll bid £200 million. Interesting. <laughs> what a tactic. They need a new negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it didn't work. <laughs> didn't work at all. No. It was on the front page of The Sun, wasn't mm. it, on Saturday? £200 million Saudi bid for Mo Salah. Mm. It's incredible. Do you think they were doing that thing where... You know, you plant the seed. So they knew that it wouldn't happen, but they're basically just putting down a mark for what's going to happen in the future. Or even just basically what they're trying to do is like shock and awe us all with their, you know, with their financial clout. And the fact that we're talking about it, yeah. they've, they've already won that, that, that you know, they, they didn't have to spend the 150 million. They just said it. And football's on fire again. Mm. I mean, it was on fire anyway. As I say, you know, a lot of the Premier teams went out to America, to North America, whilst we were there to the United States and they played the, this league and it was Chelsea, you know, Arsenal, um, Fulham went out there, Tottenham went out there as well. And it was like, hang on a minute, this is all this global thing. It's already happening. It's just, it is just a question of time. I don't, I don't think you can stop it. And you've heard about the Lionel Messi into Miami shirts, haven't you? No. So Lionel Messi now plays for Inter Miami. Can't stop scoring. They can't stop winning. He's he's still brilliant. Obviously, he just won the World Cup. Um, they on his own. They usually sell something like fifteen hundred or two thousand shirts mm. worldwide. They've sold 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 over a million. Wow. Um, talking about uh, Jimmy Buffett, who passed away over the weekend. Jimmy Buffett, brilliant musician. It's five o'clock somewhere. That's about drinking, isn't it? Yeah. That means, you know, you never drink any time you like because it's five o'clock somewhere. And the, what does they say? The yard arm is over the sun or the sun is over the yard arm, that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, he unfortunately passed away over the weekend. 
It's had a great life, left nothing on the pitch whatsoever. Massive tributes all over the place. I read the one on Instagram from Paul McCartney and it went on forever. Clearly loved and respected by many of, you know, the most renowned luminaries in the world of music and show business. Elton John has another huge tribute in today's papers for Jimmy Buffett, but also a billionaire. I had no idea Jimmy Buffett was a billionaire. Obviously... He's made a few quid, or he made a few quid from royalties from various songs, some great songs. But how did he make his money? I've been looking into this. Yes. He invested in aeroplanes, in houses. He had a restaurant chain, and he invested very heavily, very early, in a company called Berkshire Hathaway, who do basically insurance and reinsurance. Bar- Berkshire Hathaway is owned by Warren Buffett. It's his investment firm. Well, there you go. Buff- Warren Buffett? Jimmy Buffett? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. The whole buffet. Yeah. <laughs> are they related? I don't think they are. You used to call him Uncle Warren. Are they related? They're not. What are the chances of that then? <laughs> Tennessee woman sets record for world's longest female mullet. Italy cracks down on $2 billion fake market with microchips in its cheese. Heatwave is better late than never. We've had a couple of heatwaves already this year. How quickly people forget. Anyway, 29 degrees today. That's in the shade. One of a kind wooden car sells for two and a half thousand pounds at an auction in Bath. Looks a bit like a Popemobile. Looks like a cross between a Popemobile, a Bond bug, a six-wheel Range Rover, which they did have. They did exist those. Um, um, a Reliant Scimitar and something from The Incredibles. Search launch for Paul McCartney's first Hoffner bass guitar. Mo Farah finishes fourth in the big half in his final ever London race. Baby Banksy artist has an eye for detail. Sir Elton John leads tributes after singer-songwriter and billionaire businessman Jimmy Buffett dies. Film theatre now. Lovies are hosting the Barley Mo pub quiz. Only fools and horses. Super fan given a del of a send off. Uh, this is the best story in the papers today. Uh, massive Only fools and horses. Super fan. Um, had a funeral based on the show. There were a couple of funerals in Only Fields and Horses, and there it is with Reliant Robin, uh, complete everything going on there. Smoking Reliant Robin. You know, that wouldn't pass the ULES, would it? I, th- I saw the weekend, because there's ULES, and then there's the new outer ULES um, uh, area, and it's called Les. <laughs> you seen it? <laughs> no. So on the, on the way in, yeah. Yeah. you are now entering a Les slash ULES Zone. So ULES was the low emission zone, ultra ultra low low emission zone. And now there's the Les zone. So ULES, Les to his friends, her friends, their friends. Northampton Man 90 takes part in his 500th part run. That's impressive, isn't it? All right, cinches of the weekend, Vassos and Sinead and Noah. Danny from the West Midlands. I managed my first five mile run yesterday. I already want to sign up for a race. Ding. Laura in West Drayton, this one I love. My cinch of the weekend was completing a very, very satisfying oven clean. Dom and Helen in sunny Amersham, our cinch of the weekend was surviving our first babysitting sleepover with our 10-month-old granddaughter, Olivia. Emma in Windsor, my cinch of the weekend was seeing McFly at Pub in the Park in Chiswick and making new friends Annika, Olivia and Steve. Chiswick. Sorry, Chiswick. Chiswick. Yes, Chiswick. Um, Claire from what my grandmother used to call Cantenbury, whoop whoop, says Claire. I think we've had this already, but it's very impressive, so we'll repeat it. My cinch of the weekend was painting the front of my house white. It looks amazing. All right, now, Team Cinch of the Week, give us the top three, please. Weekend, rather, Cinch of the Weekend. 
Vassos broke his bench press PB. And nearly broke his back in the process. Mm. Sinead had a lovely Sunday lunch with some old school friends. And Marvellous Mira enjoyed the most peaceful afternoon in the garden, reading her new book. What was your what was your cinch of the weekend? Not quite sure, actually. It may well have been cycling to Grandad's. Um, been there many times before in a car. And it's only when you cycle that you realise that he lives on the top of the highest hill in the Chilterns. <laughs> so we were at our house, and it's eight miles from our house if you cycle one way to Henley. Yep. And then it's six miles from Henley to Grandad's, because he lives up right up in the Chilterns. And basically, it's uphill four, six miles from Henley. Ooh. There are a couple of bends in the, the the country lanes where you think, well, around that bend, it's probably down. No, it's just another up. You know, like when you're ascending a, um, a helter-skelter, it was like that. And you get full summits as well. You think, well, that's got to be the top there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I can't see anything beyond that. So that's totally. the summit. Just get there and it'll be fine. And, and you get there and it's like, it's not fine. Had the wobbly legs. Because we talked about this before. Sometimes when I cycle in here and then run the last bit, you you call it something. Jelly that, legs. Jelly legs. Mm. So if you get off a bike, you use a completely different muscle set to the one you need for shuffling. And it's really strange. Um, and I suppose you encounter this in a triathlon or a sprint triathlon. Yeah, or, or indeed a duathlon, which um, my son Matthew inadvertently entered yesterday in Richmond Park. He was going to go and do a long run in Richmond Park. There were loads of people there. He realised that he just, he, he timed it so that his run coincided with most people starting their run at the end of the cycle leg of the duathlon. Mm. So he thought, well, I may as well join. <laughs> Why not? He, he got a medal at the end. Did he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he accepted the medal. Did he get a banana? <laughs> Yeah, he stopped at all the aid stations. Yes. Got all the food, all the bananas. He said, I felt a bit bad about accepting a T-shirt. So he said no thanks to the T-shirt. I'm sure he... Because people would have paid to, to yep. be in that race. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he just, so theft is all right up to a point. <laughs> yeah. Or fraud. Is it fraud or is it theft? I don't know. Both. Is it thrawed? Yeah. Could be thrawed, couldn't it? Yeah. I was thinking about you a lot the weekend, especially when I was at your house and you suspiciously weren't there again at eight minutes past nine on a Sunday morning as I was having coffee and reading the papers with your wife mm. and a... your child. <laughs> really weird. But um, I was thinking about you because last week on the show you mentioned the fact you were on a swimming panel. I can't get on a panel to save my life at <laughs> well-being shows. You then pitch up on a swimming panel... Mm-hmm. And you're not really renowned for swimming, so how come you were on the panel? I asked as many questions as I answered. In fact, more questions. No, than that I wasn't my question. My question was, how come you got on the panel for swimming? Um, a, uh, uh, I know, uh, uh, I know uh, uh, Simon, who publishes Outdoor Swimmer magazine. Right. B, have you got something on him? Yeah, no. I know where he lives. You must do. I sometimes <laughs> swim with him in Teddington on that little stretch of the so Thames. I presume this talk was attended by enthusiastic swimmers. Yep. What did they say when you were introduced as part of the panel? <laughs> yeah, I did the funnies and you, they did the swimming answers. You did the funnies? Yeah. What like? Yeah. What kind of funnies? How when, did you have them rolling in the lanes, the swimming lanes? When Kerry Ann Payne, who won an Olympic silver medal in swimming... You were on so, the same panel as her? Yep, yep. What? what? <laughs> swimming panel? I don't, I don't understand any of this. She, she produced her... Um, she produced her Silver me- Olympic silver medal. Big round of applause. But I had in my back pocket, I had the Carfest Fun Run medal that I produced. I went, yeah, Olympic silver medal. But how about this? That got a bit of a laugh. And then she 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 sent it round the crowd. Um, 
And the first person, she had a little daughter who was like five or six, taking it around the crowd so people could see mm. and be inspired by, as they were, an Olympic medal. And then when it got to Mary, who was in the crowd, who's nine. You're Mary? Yeah. So you had a plant in the crowd as well? <laughs> yep. I said, Mary, He's got leg, no shame, leg, has he? Leg it. <laughs> There's no way she can catch up with you. She's five. You're nine. You can have that away. Go run. So you did? Yeah. She did? Yeah. Have you still got it? <laughs> of course you brought it in? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how you got on the panel. Nor do I really, but they asked me and obviously I said yes. What, did they qualify the request? You know how you are hoping to swim the channel oh, next I, year? Oh, that's all right then. Yeah. So, um, so it would be wannabe. Mm. Is that, and did you mention that? I did. I, I said, I'm hoping to swim the channel next year and... Can I ask you loads of questions, experts? Well, you know you can sit in the audience for that. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be on the panel. <laughs> I know, but they offered. There was a microphone. You know what I'm like. I do know what you're like. We've got some lovely recommendations from the weekend. So what is this Live to 100 show again? So it's all about blue zones, yes. which are areas of the world that are... Um, Unusually uh, high population of people over the age of 100. Super centenarians. Super centenarians. So long living people. Yes. And so. Uh, naturally almost. Yeah, na- naturally. Just because absolutely. they live there. Yes, right. yes. So, so, so they have, what are the factors about where they live and about their lifestyle and their day to day existence on the daily yeah. that, that uh, the consequences of which are living longer. Yeah, so uh, Dan Butner, who does the show, he goes and he just, he speaks to everyone in the like the, the towns or the villages where yeah. there are these high numbers. Right. And so factors include how steep uh, your village is. So, you know, for this place in Sardinia, they live in a mountain and, you know, there's women in their 80s and 90s and they're in excellent health. Yeah. And Gardening is a big feature in Okinawa, isn't it? Yes, but also sitting on the floor. They sitting don't on the sit floor. on chairs. They I all know. sit on the floor and then... You know, just that, um, you know, the process of actually just getting up. Yeah. Um, and then it's things like community as well. So in this place in Sardinia, there are no nursing homes at all. Mm. So everyone gets looked after by family members, yeah. you know. And But, I mean, even at over... A, there was a lady, 101. She doesn't need anyone to come and make her breakfast for her. She just, you know, people do pop in and say hello, whatever. But she can just get out. She does everything herself. So companionship, community, what else? Uh, faith as well. Faith, yeah, yes. I heard about that. So that seemed to be a big one in California. Um, it's the Twelfth the Day Adventist Church, and so it's a going, university, isn't it? Yeah. So going going to uh, church every day, or like having this faith and having this community within yeah. that as well. So it's not about the faith itself, although it may well be about that as well. It's mostly about the fact that if you are of faith, you commune with other people, and therefore you have the company. There's less loneliness. There's more support. It takes a village to raise a child, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, but it's also the idea of hope. With a, which um, faith gives you, and that is something that was also in Japan, where uh-huh. they were like less talking about you know religion and more just about having hope and having looking look forward. At... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then w- when it comes to food, you know, a lot of them eat what they grow. Yeah. So it's all the nice vegetables, and he, you know, he sort of, when he's in Sardinia, he's like, you know, they're all eating like pasta and breads, and mm. aren't they like the worst things you can eat? But yeah. actually, they're making the bread themselves. They're making the pasta themselves. They only have sourdough bread. All these kind of things yeah. um, but I'd highly highly recommend it it's fascinating like I said I didn't really know much about this before Love and it. I just I think it's brilliant Live to 100 yeah. Dan Butner Netflix yeah. okay, people keep sending it to me yeah. <laughs> strange that is it I'd take 58 at the moment yeah. if I'm being honest <laughs> 
Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. It won't be like this forever, so just enjoy it while it's here. It's a really wonderful thing. And James Bay. It's about me. It's about my relationship with Lucy. It sums up so much of what went into writing this whole album. We're all works in progress. I still don't necessarily know who I am. And Depeche Mode's Dave Gahan remembering the late, great Andy Fletcher. I'll be honest with you, the first thought that came in my head was, I wish I'd been a bit kinder. Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk. He's the London boy who tells the jokes, treads the boards, lights up the screen, writes the bestsellers. His eighth smash hit kids book, Once Upon a Legend, is out now. So please welcome a man who's never filler and always Ben Miller. All right, Ben. What an intro. Thank you so much. No fellas or killers. That's what he does, isn't it? <laughs> that was my nickname in the uh, college football team, actually. Killer Miller. Really? Yeah, never, never scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> never successfully defended a goal. I believe the title was ironic. But you're in the team. <laughs> I was in the team. The third team, Chris. Yeah, but you can play. I never got... I didn't get in it. Yeah. I didn't get close to a football team. Table oh. tennis team. Yeah, vice captain at one point. Vice captain. I still, I still love a game of table tennis. Table tennis, I just do not understand. The ball moves too fast. <laughs> oh, well, hang on a minute. What about badminton? I know it's not a ball, but it's shuttle. Sh- what's all that yeah, about? What's that about? How did you get to that? Mm. <laughs> it's got <laughs> feathers on it. I know. <laughs> Strange game, isn't it? Badminton players will tell you that they are the fittest people on the planet. They're what not, are they? Though, aren't they? No, they're not, but they'll tell you that. <laughs> Who are, are the fi- <laughs> fittest athletes? Have got to be cyclists slash swimmers. No, what about yeah. Nordic skiers? Yeah, well, the biathletes who not only do the, the, the cross-country yeah, cross <laughs> skiers, and then they have to, every f- few kilometres, they have to stop and shoot, so they have to slow down their heart rate mm. to basically nothing so that stop they don't miss shoot. it. Yeah. yeah, I've got to see this sport. You're joking. What, they go long-distance skiing? Yeah. And then they have a ben, ri- stop, 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 stop. Rifle range, rifle range. <laughs> ben is so chilled, he's forgotten he's on the radio show. Can you please get near your microphone? Thank oh, yes, you. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no problem at all. Here we are. Here I am. Here I am again. Okay, other, let's just do this quickly. Teams you were on at school. Um, I, 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 made, was... I made, I did make, I think I was on the cross-country running team. Don't know why. I, I was on the cross-country running team. Came 10th once in a, in a school's, inter-schools race okay. at Joey the Swan in Crewe. Which is a, a part of crew where there was a swan. <laughs> Everyone wants to know this, don't they? There was a swan that used to live there called Joey the Swan. So they called this dip the Joey, Joey swan. the Swan. It was treacherous, Chris. Treacherous. Mudslides. Terrible. It came 10th. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. So you were in the football team. You were on the cross-country team. I was in the table tennis team. Cross-country team, I think, for like one run or one race. Don't think Until you discovered about. what cross-country involved. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then I was also on the cricket team but that was it for me and teams what about you wait a minute cricket team that's proper Mm. that's proper yeah she's quite good at cricket it's really annoying Um, I I was on a team that reached the national finals at bridge wow hello that's impressive that was pre that was that was very (laughs) Barnes-ish pre you being in Barnes yes wow a bridge team Mm. (laughs) what else that was pretty much it. And is that when That's you fell you in love with the league You're sport. on the national team for, for bridge. You've got time for nothing. Come on, Sinead. Uh, cross country yeah. and also athletics, 800 metres nice. and Ooh, the high jump. That's a proper sport as well. And and your time for the 800. Oh, I can't remember now. I, remember. I think I was, I was kind of like the, the, sort of the second best in, in my year. At 800. Nice. There was another one who was faster than me, oh. Nicola Benton. So, Ben, the last time we saw each other yeah. was in a field. 
It was. Very oh, beautiful. It was such a fantastic time. Carfest, glorious. Threatened to rain, but then the most beautiful sunshine. We had the most incredible time. Um, I saw you in a field, and you interviewed um, the uh, McLaren. I'm, I'm terrible at uh, London Norris. Formula One. Zach yeah, Brown, London, yeah, live from Holland. Live. Uh, it was amazing. Did you like that? Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, and you were with your lovely wife Jess on family. Jess that, on family. And that pesky Billy Piper. Yes, she's. Oh, we Can't cannot lose right? her. We cannot lose her. Billy, it's over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give it up. My kids love love car fest. My teenage son loves cars, so he absolutely adores going. And the kids, they love the fun fair. Uh, you have a, like a proper fun fair there yeah, at Carfest. Yeah. That's that's just glorious. And of course, we have author stages. Author stage because we talk books and we're talking books now. Ben Miller has written his eighth book, eighth eighth, eighth children's book. book. Have you written any other books? I've written two other books. I wrote two science books actually before I started writing children's books. Nobody bought those. <laughs> well, you're a quantum <laughs> physicist, aren't you? You're you're into all that. I am, yeah, and I love science. And I wrote, and I'm really fascinated by the idea of life on other planets. So I wrote a book about, you know, what is, what can life on Earth teach us about what life on other planets might be like? Can you give us the headlines? Um, well, yeah, the headlines is very like life on Earth, really, because if you think. Almost the Earth, different uh, continents on the Earth are almost like you could use those to model what life would be like on other planets. Because, for example, um, you know, the islands of Madagascar have been separate from the mainland for a long time. So you can look at how life evolved there. You could look at how life evolved in, say, New Zealand, which has been, again, separate from any mainland for a long time. And we see the same things cropping up time and time again. So eyes have evolved like seven times independently, wings um, and uh, you could basically guess that if it was a planet like ours with an atmosphere like ours, you'd see creatures that look a bit like yeah. the ones you find on Earth. And I find that really, really fascinating. Also, we're not as unique as we think as a species. Like, everything that occurs in our species, apart from probably um, radio shows, occurs in other species on Earth. So the th- No, the three things that separate us are memory, imagination and memory, imagination and speech. Speech, although, although it's really interesting you say that, but, you know, dolphins, you can analyse the, uh, the clicks that dolphins make and you can show that, it's, that they have syntax of up to three, four clicks. So they have speech and language of a kind. Well, they have communication. They have communication. But they don't have linguistics. Crows, they've shown that crows can model the future. So they, have the, they have the ability to imagine the future. If you, put a, if you build a crow hotel, this is an experiment a they've crow-tel. actually done. A crow hotel. <laughs> we can market this. Uh, <laughs> a lot of crows out there with nowhere to stay. You know, when they've got to migrate, do crows migrate. I don't think they do, do they. You know, they need a white, they need somewhere cheap. Why, by the way, why do some birds migrate and the mm. other ones go, now I'm all right? Yeah. <laughs> why is it? Just, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll stay. Wings. I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> yeah. What, fly all the way? <laughs> How many? 5,000 miles? I'll possibly die. Shut up. Just because it's a bit warmer. I think I'm good for that. I'm good. You right. guys go. I'll see you. I'll see you. I've got a crotel for I'm fine. Quantum <laughs> physics. What's the hard problem? Oh, the hard problem is really understanding what any of it means. It's called the hard problem, isn't it? That is the thing. Oh, I've never heard of it. What's the? No, I don't know what the hard problem is. I thought problem in is. quantum physics it's called. Or is it, I thought it's called the hard problem. Consciousness, isn't that the hard problem? Well, consciousness is a hard problem because we don't really know. Yes, so it seems like when a conscious mind interacts with the external world, it can force the external world into 
a quantum state. We don't really know why. And the famous experiment is the thought experiment so called Schrodinger's cat. Said then? You know, Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. You know, both that, dead and alive. Both dead and alive. So you've got a radioactive substance in a box with a cat. There's a 50% chance of it having decayed. If it's decayed, it releases poison that kills the cat. Is Before you open the box, Chris, <laughs> before you open the Kotel... <laughs> Cat hotel? No. Okay, I've lost you. Before you open the box, is the cat alive or dead? It's according to quantum physics, it's both. But how can it be? So we don't really understand. <laughs> so good, isn't it? <laughs> a fourteen-year-old wants to pile in on this, and okay. he's very welcome to. Off you go. Yeah. Well, um, we actually recently had a debate about this at home, and yeah. I remember uh, very clearly that you that I'd said what Ben's just said. And no, you didn't actually. Disagree. I By said the way, I can't believe you having a go at me on my own show. There's a 50-50% chance <laughs> yeah. that the poison is released. Don't take your dad to work, your kids to work, Dan. This is the last time, so make, make the most of this because you're never going to see it again. Have a good look around. Um, no, that's not what happened. What happened was you gave it a go and then Eli, he piled in and absolutely nailed it. That's what happened. I, did, I think okay, okay. Ben's the age just, is guessing. Okay, Ben's just said it out loud now. What did he say? What is the Schrodinger's cat thing? Go on. Schrodinger's cat is you put a cat in a box, yeah. there's a radioactive substance, and it's got a 50-50 chance that it decays, releasing a poison, which is what I said, and you don't know if it's released that until you open the box, mm. so the cat is both dead and alive at exactly the same time, which is what I said. The problem... See, okay. Okay, okay. Um, please forgive me, okay? You are right. I am completely wrong. You're forgiven. Okay. okay, thank you. But the reason that I would doubted you, by the way, it wasn't that concise or articulate, but that's okay, right? It doesn't mean you, you didn't say it. I didn't hear you say it, if I'm being really honest. It's because you come up with such crap most of the time <laughs> that your mates make up. And I go, how is that? It's just And he, he, like, he says something, he states a fact and then goes on to this whole riff about it. I go, can we just go back to the first thing you said? How do you know that? He said, oh, uh, Hudson told me. No, Hudson, in fairness to Hudson, Hudson never tells a lie. To be fair, most Hudson's of physics, we, we tend to go on what Hudson says. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Hudson is now his 14-year-old mate, right? Yeah. Who earns a six-figure sum coding in his spare time for an international company. Whoa. No, he does. Yes, he does. He doesn't. No, That's he does why he's not. got his own plane. He he's got his own plane. He's got his own plane. He is leaving school at 16 because if apparently if you want to, there are certain jobs you can do now as as a, or want to do aspire to as a kid as a 16 year old which means you don't have to go to school for the last two years as long as you go and do that thing and he's going to what's he going he's to? going to flight school oh flight if school. he has an opportunity to go to flight, flight school, school. He will. he's going to flight school yeah, mm, yeah, yeah that's won't. not even his main thing his main thing is coding well, he's bought this plane and he can't fly it that's yeah, the thing yeah. no I mean, he has a flight simulator what are you not do? a plane Okay, something like that. Terrible Hudson, he sounds amazing. I know he's a dude. He's a dude. He's got the best hair in the world. He's isn't got he? best he's hair the best in the world. Hair. Best I envy his he's hair. such a nice guy. Whenever Hudson comes around, I say, I say anything you two want, have it. You can have it as long as you just carry on hanging around with Hudson, because <laughs> some of it will hopefully. I want to hang around. With Hudson. Ben, right? Okay, eighth book, eighth kids book, uh, ten books in all. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, here we are again. Now, is it a Christmas book or not? Well, it's uh, it would make a very uh, suitable Christmas <laughs> present, Chris. Wait, but you, um, but you have back. Christmas It's got a beautiful themed. cover. Look at the sheen on that. Is that silver? Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, I mean, make a wonderful Christmas. But present. But you have Christmas themed with this character before. I have got. Um, uh, in fact, I do a series of Christmas books about elves, sort of diaries of elves. So those are my. Uh, so I'll be doing another one of those. But this is, help, my, this is my elf help books. This is my novel. It's in the elf help section. Elf help. <laughs> as long as you got your elf, that's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's consciousness there's, there's the elf there's the I yes. the I am yeah, yeah, yeah. 
anybody listening is finding this you remotely humorous. Put an elf humorous. in a box. Elf in a box with a decaying. Yeah, <laughs> you've only got your elf to blame. <laughs> Over to you, Vassos. Um, do you know, uh, I was reading this yesterday um, after Mary had finished with it. Funnily enough, and. Mm. Um, once upon a legend, it's out yeah. now. Once upon a legend, it's called. Um, she's she's left you a review. The, the lovely thing about me doing um, asking Mary to do reviews now with the books, she's done so, she's done so many. She can read a so quickly, and b she's so sort of adept at doing the reviews. I said, well, because you you met Ben at Carfest. You do, do you want to do you want to talk about that for a bit? She goes, hang on, Dad, hang on. And then she sort of like looks up a bit, and then she goes, okay, do you want to record this? And then she does she does it just completely twenty five second quick review, totally off pat. She, totally fluently. I have. I don't have to give any input at all. I don't have to have, to have read the book. Um, and she did one. She, <laughs> should I tell this story? <laughs> she, she, well, if you don't, I will. <laughs> she she did the review. She was that all right? And it was perfect. I said, no. Can you can you do it again? Just change the last bit. And I didn't tell her why. <laughs> it's because when she says the word so, she sounds. So posh, <laughs> and it slightly embarrasses me. So I said, "Do it again." Right. So here's here's the less posh version. Here we go. You won't be displeased with this, Ben. I love Once Upon a Legend. It's my favourite Ben Miller book, and that is saying something. I would love to go to Merlin's. It's so magical and mysterious. The only thing which would put me off is that there's a giant in the backyard. That would really creep me out at night. That's amazing. Um, I must say, it's the, it's so exciting. I, you, the book's just come out. I mean, I haven't really heard any kids' reactions to it yet because I can't get mine to read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Maybe He's book so four. boring, our Dad. How can you write book eight? Yeah. Oh, come on, Dad. <laughs> well, so, you, no, it's lovely to hear some of the, you know, to hear Mary Didn't talk you about used her. to name characters after your kids? I did. You stopped doing that. They're not, I'm not, sorry, if I'm, if I'm not in it, I'm not reading it. <laughs> yeah. And then you put them in it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, in fact, I started writing the books because I wanted to write stories for my own kids to read. And my first book, uh, The Night I Met Father Christmas, was about my son Jackson. Yeah, and then I wrote books for my other kids. And then I, I ran out of kids and I wrote a story for one of my dogs <laughs> did you then, consider trying to get Jess to have some more kids to see we thought about it yeah we briefly considered it but then I thought maybe I should just start making things up so that's where I've, <laughs> that's where we've gone now and um, yeah this new story is a whole new set of characters um, and uh, as Mary was hinting there it's about a boy called Marcus his, his parents he's going through tough times at home uh, his parents are divorcing his uh, mum's. He's got a new poten- potentially a new stepdad called called Colin, and he's misbehaving at school. He's given a week to sort of turn his life around. He's sent to this special school, Merlin's, very mysterious, very place. unusual, school. very unusual school. You can't misbehave at Merlin's. Anything you do, you can uh, uh, th- food fight, throw paint around. The ki- the teachers just encourage you to do more of it because they want you to express your emotions, to get your feelings out. Anyway, Marcus can't stand this place and he steals Merlin's magic staff and goes up to the top of this mysterious mound that there is in the school grounds and he says, wake up, wake up holding this staff. And of course, he doesn't wake the school. He wakes a sleeping giant. Oh. <gasps> This giant comes to life. It turns out that all the mounds, the prehistoric mounds all over the UK are a whole horde of sleeping giants who were the first inhabitants of the British Isles. The giants rise up. They want revenge for what the humans have done. They're going to march on London. They're going to flatten Downing Street. And this is the 
the lovely catch, Marcus has to team up with his stepdad, who he can't stand, because his stepdad has got a biplane, and the two of them are going to stop the Giants together. So... In trying to stop the giants, he may be able to mend his family. What a lovely idea that there are these sleeping giants under the mountains. You know, but this is absolutely. I'm mounds. saying this is true. Why are they there? This is a genuine legend. This is the the, the very first. Uh, they're called the Giants of Albion. The, the very first inhabitants of the British Isles were giants, and that when the first settlers came over, that they had to fight the giants, and they were still fighting them up until uh, King Arthur's time. And the idea is that King Arthur himself in the King Arthur legend, he goes to uh, St. Michael's Mount to fight a giant called Gogmagog that lives um, underneath the, the mount, in the caves Love underneath it. the mount. It's amazing, isn't Primrose it? Primrose Hill? Primrose Hill. <laughs> Could Some be a giant, giant underneath that one. A sleeping giant. Do you know where that came from? All that? Do you know how Primrose Hill was made? No. It was from the, um, all the earth that was excavated for the lakes in the Regent's Park. That's amazing. That's why it's there. So that's a man. That's completely part of there. They're, they're, they're attentionous to me, but this just, it looks all right. Yeah. yeah. But it might become a hill one day. Got a nice view of uh, the BT Tower. Yeah, it didn't then. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, what we might do, we'll invent the telephone. We'll ask a bloke in Scotland to invent the telephone, right? <laughs> yeah. Make ahoy, a whole network. Ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> Make a tower. That would be a perfect place for it. <laughs> I love this. I, it's, that's a, a great notion. I see. Imagine that in a movie. That'd be good, wouldn't it? And all the all oh, the mounds start to move, and all the giants yeah. get up, and they have a giants meeting. And yeah, and when it turns out, you talk about the giants meeting. It turns out that Stonehenge oh. in the story was built by the giants, and that all those um, stones are benches where they sit yeah, to hold their councils. So fun. They're on a massive fire pit, a pyre. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, a a pyre pit, pit. Sing a few a songs. Pyre- Oh, you see, you've got to get your music in there. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that, barcoding a few pages with some Ben Millet originals? Uh, it has occurred to me. I, would, I think I would love, I mean, I would love to adapt, you know, to do the books as as uh, as movies. And if they could be done as movies, I'd love them to be musicals. And there are eight? That, like the and Harry there are Potter, eight, Chris. Like eight, Potter franchise, with eight a very movies. Knowing, Look, that would work, wouldn't it? Do you have any interest? <laughs> I've had a bit of interest, actually. Yeah, I've had a bit of interest. I'm sort of holding would you like on. A bit more. I'd like a bit more. <laughs> I'd always like a bit more interest. I'm holding on because my books are coming out in the US next in the spring. So mm. I've just been sort of waiting until they're out because I, they've come out in lots of other countries, but not the US yet. So I've just been waiting for that bit. Love it. Have a listen to this. This is we were reading this just before bed last night, but this is just this is just fantastic. One paragraph. Suddenly, Marcus was falling again. The giant drops him basically. Suddenly, Marcus was falling again. Time seemed to fold into itself as what must have been split seconds expanded into minutes. Any moment now, I'm going to wake up thought Marcus as he flailed and kicked his way through the air. I'm going to wake up in bed. That's how dreams like this work. You fall, then just when you're about to hit the ground, you wake up, which was when he landed really hard and everything <laughs> went dark I just, I, so, how clever is that how has no one ever thought to make a sort of falling dream because I'm obviously dreaming I'm obviously dreaming because there aren't giants I'm obviously dreaming this is all a dream and then you know oh, I'm about to wake up and then you fall that, that, I just think that's very clever Ben thank you so much I mean, it made us both laugh I have to say I get so much joy out of doing this it's something I never thought I would end up doing you know, very. You know, started out doing comedy with Alexander Armstrong. We were very, so focused on sketches, and having sort of taken this side road. Strange how that can happen in life. You know, you take a little side road. You think, I'll oh, write a little story, and you end up in a whole 
uh, a whole new sort of area that you'd never even imagined. It's been a, it's it's been amazing. Actually. It's like you've tapped another source. Yeah, and you kind of think, and I think a genuine problem for someone like me is what am I going to do in my later life? You know, you, sketch comedy is a bit of a young man's game. You don't see a lot of. I mean, <laughs> you see some, but you don't see a lot of you know so fifty-something comedians. You've got to find something else to do later on, and um, I feel very, very grateful to have sort of stumbled on this. Well, so you look a bit more like an author nowadays. I'm trying to look a bit more like an author. I wore a jacket today, <laughs> but it's true. Um, that is a thing, isn't it? I, I sometimes wear a scarf, Chris. Yeah, even when it's not cold, so that I so that I look a bit more like an author. Well, Richard Osman from the Osmonds. Um, <laughs> From the Osmonds. He affected a beard, didn't he, almost straight away when he had a number one. Yes, very he, important. He said, right, I'm going full author yeah, here. Full beard. Full yeah, beard. Full beard. Have you ever considered the old? I, yeah, I mean, if I could grow one, I probably would. <laughs> um, for me, it's got to be... For me, it's got to... I've got to accessorise, as I say, sort of scarves. I'm thinking... I'm thinking... But you don't want to creep... You don't want to be look creepy. So it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a, it, you've got to find that sort of uh, you've got to find that sweet spot. Cravat. <laughs> Again, you don't want to go too roll doll. Do you know what I mean? Where he looks Gullwars? like sort of. Yeah. Gulwars could yeah, could have worked at one time. Do you I have think a shed? now I've got a shed. Do you write in your shed? I write in my shed. Oh, come on! I know. You're halfway there, man. I've got a writing shed. I'm definitely an author. W- what was it before? It was <laughs> it was like a spare room. It was just a shed, and now it's my. Writing shed. I love and it's, your writing shed. Yeah, you got any pictures only, of your writing shed? The only problem is, Chris, I've got no. I've got, I'll show you a picture. I've got no heating in there. So in the winter, I basically have to sort of. I sit there in an, in an overcoat. Get on with, with it. Fingerless gloves. Yeah. I think it's quite a good look. Roald Dahl had a, a writing shed, and it's I still saw. It. I was you can go around some, it. You can go around it. And what he used to do, he didn't have a desk. Do you know what he did? Chair. He had a chair, and he had it built. A little, um, almost like you know, what uh, in um, old people's homes, what you can have um, breakfast on a tray. Thank yeah. you. That's what it's called, a tray. <laughs> yeah, a special. It was a bit more than a tray. Apparently it was like a... writes, apparently this guy writes books. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm smelling a ghostwriter somewhere. Tray. tray. That's what it's called. Oh, that magical word. Um, so evocative. Uh, a tray. He had a tray, Chris, a wooden tray, yeah. varnished wooden tray. And he would, uh, yeah, he would sit there scratching away on on those lovely uh, yellow legal pads. Yeah, yeah. All longhand. I really admire writers who write longhand, don't you? I yeah. don't do that. Jeffrey Archer does it, doesn't he? So he has, sh- he has a, a tub of sharpened pencils. He also Ooh. has a shed. And he writes longhand in pencil. That really... And you uh, say what you like about Jeffrey Archer, but he can write a book. Yeah, he can really I can write a book. I love his books. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Really love his book. books. Yeah, and he knows. I mean, he really knows how to uh, grab your attention and me on every page as well. It's very clever. Uh, that that real skill of making a page turner. So it's something always makes you want to turn the page. Um, just quickly, this is for my benefit. Other people probably not interested. How long do you write for every day? I write for four hours every day. Same time. Same time every day. Yeah, I'm. I have to. When I started, it was quite haphazard, and I'd be kind of writing late at night, or I'd be finding time. You know, you get you don't. You're a bit, I was a bit disorganised. And as it's gone on, I've discovered that the easiest thing is just to write every day in the morning. Yeah. Although it doesn't sound like a lot, I'm pretty much done. After four hours, I can't really Yeah, no, do I get it. More. And this, uh, the best phrase I heard about writing, and there are many, is that you can wait around waiting for the muse or whatever that's called, um, and you can think yourself into writing, but if you set a time every day, you can write yourself into thinking and then the real writing comes out on the other side of that, which is true. 
That's so true. I mean, uh, uh, writing itself is is a kind of thing. It's odd, you know. It's not like you sort of sit there and you think. Of the, I think you just start writing. Yeah. What ha- what often helps is to not finish what you're doing the day before as well. So when you come there, you've got something to finish. That really helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just sort of turning up. And it's also, it's fine if you sit there and you hate it. You know, that's okay. I've kind of had to make my peace with that. I'm not always going to sit down and like have a, a wonderful sort of time writing. Sometimes it's uncomfortable and unpleasant because you can't really think of anything. You don't really know what you're doing. But you've got to kind of just keep doing it. It's really tiring as well. It feels like you had a workout because we know that on a normal day, your brain, which is about... 16, 17% of your mass uses between 30 and 40%, 30 and 40% of your calories, which is why a lot of people who do this sedentary thing let go, let themselves go because they genuinely think that they are fitter than they really are because it's so tiring. Writing is so tiring. Yeah, that's what I need. So I need to incorporate a really, um, an exercise regime into what I'm doing. Yeah, or just every 60 minutes every get 60 up, seconds, the old circadian rhythm. You know, Before give, we go, give me 20. Um, let's give you another mention here, Ben. Ben's book, Ben Miller's eighth kid's book, Once Upon a Legend, is out now. Before you go, how about benmiller.com, by the way, benmiller.com for everything uh, Ben Miller. How about a posh review with a really posh so at the end? Do you want this? I would love to hear the posh review. Okay, this is the <laughs> review that was too posh for its own good, which necessitated a take-two from a nine-year-old who really had other things on her mind. I love Once Upon a Legend. It's my favourite Ben Miller book and that is saying something. I would love to go to Merlin's. It's so magical and mysterious. The only thing which would put me off is that there's a giant in the backyard. I mean, I would get so creeped out at night. Do push for school. Do it again. Ben, great to see you, man. Eject, eject. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Ben Miller's Thanks, brand everyone. new book, Once Upon a Legend for the Kids and the Grown Ups. It's a great family book. <laughs> is out now. BenMiller.com. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer. You'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio.